Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Our guest today was actually a guest when I first started this show over three years ago. But boy, has she done a lot in these past three years, and I'm so happy she's back to tell you what she's been up to. Karen Swain is one of Australia's foremost thought leaders. She's a teacher, spiritual channel, mentor, radio show host, and author. Her books include Return to Love, How Can I Get What I Want?, and her latest book created with Cyrus Kirkpatrick is called Awakened by Death. She is also the founder of the Awakening Soul series. Karen is passionate about enlightening us to our inner power and giving us tools to not only create our worlds, but to live in alignment with our emotional guidance system. Karen Swain, a warm welcome back to We Don't Die Radio. Oh, it's so great to be back on your show, Sandra. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much. I tell you what, girl, I should get you to introduce me all the time. You are the best at that. <laughs> it <laughs> feels so- good, doesn't it? <laughs> no, you're really good at that. Sounds really convincing. I was thinking about changing my bio to the woman who sits on the couch in her slippers. <laughs> it's really funny because I've been doing just so much reading on actually like creating our worlds, like what you deal with. And so often, you know, we just what's right there is that ego or whatever you want to call it, not our highest self. And it's, you know, I would rather sit on the couch or I like get busy watching movies and on the internet. But then, you know, yeah, I read a bio like this and this is who you are, my friend. This is who you are for the world. Can't but escape I tell you it. What I, do my, I do most of it sitting on the couch in my slippers. I'm sitting on the couch in my slippers right now. <laughs> oh, I do most of my radio shows in my pajamas. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There you go. You see, we can change the world in our pajamas. Don't you love that? That's your next book. <laughs> well, if you don't mind, you're coming to us from Australia. Where in Australia are you? It's a big country. Yep. I'm in Sydney, beautiful downtown Sydney, Australia. I'm in Coogee Beach, which is a beautiful inner city beach. We're about 10 minutes. Well, actually, it's more like half an hour away from the city in traffic because the traffic in Sydney is just crazy. Mm-hmm, I bet. And uh, it is a beautiful work place. You have to come on down. I've got to get, you know, I said that to you three years ago. I say that to everyone that I speak to overseas. But one day, my friend, one day we'll get you down under. You mm. bet. I will take you up on that. And, yes, you were here three years ago. And I had to look. I'm like, I can't believe a time's gone by that fast. And it's episode 56. I know we're going to talk about some of your more current things happening. And you will talk about a little bit of your past. Um, but for our listener who is like, I want more of this lady, you can go to wedontdieradio.com, scroll all the way down to episode 56. So Karen, how does your journey begin? Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this world. And obviously the name of the show is We Don't Die. So I know we share quite a bit of the same kind of followers. So um, any stories you have about the afterlife? and uh, Good too. Let's just see where it goes. Absolutely. My followers love you. They're always telling me how fantastic you are and you really are. You really are doing, you know, what I love about your journey, I'm going to talk about me in a minute, but what I love about you, because we were just chatting before is as you're awakening, you're taking people with you. 
And I just love that because I started this this um, podcasting or radio show, you know, after I had had my awakening journey and then I wanted to put that, you know, energy and information and wisdom out there. But I tell you what, having a podcast show, as you know, Sandra, just exponentially expands your awareness even more as you start to share other people's stories. It's just brilliant, isn't it? It is. And so um, it's so beautiful that your listeners are, you know, going with you on your expansion journey as you tap into your psychic and intuitive abilities and you start expanding your awareness. But for me, it started uh, really as a kid I was this insatiably asking a million questions to my parents and drove them crazy which I said last time on the show and it really started my questions about life love and the universe started when mum dies when I'm 16 and I'm thinking where did she go and where do we come from and why did she get sick and how can I not get sick and how can I not live the life my mother lived and and be really miserable at the end of my life and die at 50 which is what happened to poor old mum and uh, so my awakening really started with the death of mum and uh, and that's, you know, what I talk about in the book. At um, I put my chapter at the beginning because it's I talk about the beginning of my journey and for many the beginning of their journey happens with the death of someone. I know a lot of your listeners are coming to you because they're wanting to know can they, you know, is there life after death? Can they speak to their loved ones again? What happens when you die? And often that that inquiry happens when someone they love dies and so death is such an awakening journey and um, for you I think that it was the same I think your fear of death put you on your path and that was a beautiful thing too I loved that the fear pointed you in this direction and the fear sort of pointed you towards love and so that's Mm -hmm. you know because that's what you're doing now you're just tapping into more and more higher and higher and more expanded levels of love really yeah and then my dad's own uh, passing I needed to go through for the next level and now you know exactly teachers teach what they most need to learn so I think every bit of sharing I do is also growth for myself so you're right on exactly exactly that's right. So, you know, it's been a long journey because, like, I'm in my sort of, you know, mid, mid-50s mid now and uh, uh, through the inquiry, you know, when you ask a question, when you, when you scream out to the universe, why or how or why is this happening to me, you actually summon the answers that come to meet you and so you create your f- future through your pain. Your pain, you know, as Esther Hicks says from the teachings of Abraham, when you're in pain, you shoot out rockets of desire to no longer be that way, to be more enlightened, to be more fulfilled, to be happier, to be more at peace, to be better, to be different. And as you scream out to the universe, you actually summon that, you actually draw that, you bring that to you. But then you to receive that, it's like you're asking for the gift and life gives it to you. But to receive the gift... You have to be a vibrational match to actually embody it and hold it and be it in your life. And that's where we kind of get mixed up in our lives. We scream out for what we want and then life brings it to us and we don't receive it. It's like knocking at our door and we don't open the door. Right. So um, so this is the work that I've been doing over the last 20-odd years, teaching people about how to be a vibrational match to what they want. I call it deliberate creation. So, you know, we can ask, that's our step one process. And when someone dies or when we're feeling upset or when we lose our job or somebody hurts us or we have a fight or whatever happens, whatever trauma or dramas we live in our life, we go through what is called that step one process. We ask. We ask for something different. 
we scream out and um, and then the step two process in creating what you want, whether it be you know your mediumship abilities, you and I were having a bit of a chat about that before we started the recording. How do I you know trans channel or how do I contact spirit or how do I channel? you know they're, they're all questions. They're just like the same as how do I get what I want? How do I cook this meal or how do I get rich or how do I just you know attract a boyfriend or a husband or a lover or a money or they're all questions. They're all questions that we need to be a vibrational match to actually receive because the universe is giving you what you want, knock at the door and it shall be opened, but then we've got to receive those gifts. So uh, I've gone off track now. What was I talking about? <laughs> I just <laughs> tend to do that. I just tend to ramble and then forget what I'm saying. Well, while you are at it, I mean, we can go back um, just about your stories, but you started getting into step one with deliberate creation. And I'm like, step one, what's I step do. two? You know, <laughs> if anyone well, else has got a note put out, I'm like, oh. Step two is orchestrate the details, like set it all up. And you know what? That's not our job. That's the job of the universe. We think as people that we have to go out and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And the making it happen, the action journey is actually the, the fun of the ride. Uh, it's kind of like cooking a cake and then not eating it. You know, the action journey is the fun of the ride. But as humans, we think that in order to get what we want, we have to make it happen. And I want to I want to direct this at you too, because as I'm as I'm directing at you, everyone else can hear this as well. You know, when you're asking for your intuitive abilities to come online, to expand, because as a young girl, I was doing that, like, how do I speak to dead people? How do I look inside bodies? How do I get psychic and all that sort of stuff? Really fascinated with all that when I was on my um, expanded healing journey in my 30s, uh, when we think too much about it and think we have to do it, we have to make it happen, we actually interfere. We're inside that step two process. We're interfering with life bringing it to us. So step three is allow or receive, and that's that's our work. So the more relaxed we are, the more at peace we are, the more we find it easy. I remember last time we talked, I kept rabbiting on about Think of it as easy. It's easy. It's easy. The more we say, this is easy. I got this. This is easy. That brings us to a place of peace, to a relaxed state. The more it happens. Haven't you found, Sandra, that when you're washing the dishes or in the shower or doing something kind of mundane where you're not thinking about receiving messages or making it happen, you get these unbelievable, amazing messages from spirit. Messages, ideas, new thoughts. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So that's in that relax. So that's the step three process. It's that chill out, relax, be at ease, be at peace, raise your vibe, get happy, get happy, get happy. And um, that's the work of a deliberate creator for getting anything you want, whether you want to expand your intuitive abilities, save the world. You know, whatever you want to create in this life is that raise your vibe, relax, make it easy, think of it as easy. So, yeah, so that's been the journey of my life really is sorting that out. That's something you don't sort out overnight. (laughs) Well, wait a minute. Let's back up a little bit just from a girl who wants something right now, wants some things, asking, because don't people spend a lifetime asking for things and they don't get it? Is there more to just how we yeah. ask the question and then the 
it's easy keep saying and i understand the let the universe do the work but there's got to be a piece i would think about raising our own vibration to bring those things closer to us to be able to open the door well the raising the vibration the making it easy the relaxing the being at peace is the work and that is to overcome your stressful or negative or limiting thoughts okay so this is uh, when I activate people to, uh, to you know, being tapped in, tuned into their intuitive abilities. I have a belief that it's innately a part of who we are as beings, as as sentient beings. It's it's as 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 normal to us as seeing or hearing or tasting or smelling or anything else. That's my personal belief, and yet we have seen psychic ability as something extra special we say people are gifted we you know we say they have a gift we make it extraordinary instead of ordinary so my mission is kind of to make it ordinary because when we think something is ordinary then we 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 deem it as easy right it's not we don't have to work at it so it's just shifting your perspective like Marianne Williamson says a miracle is a shift in perspective from fear to love so the relaxing part, the allowing part is the part where you shift your perspective, you change what you believe. So instead of believing that she's good at it because she's gifted and I'm not, I'm just a normal person, if you shifted that perspective to everyone can do this, so that means I can too. Like people who teach singing say the same thing, everyone can sing. But if you believe you can't, you know you can't. If you believe you can, then you can. And it's really just shifting your belief from I can't to I can. And when you, and that can be, you, that can happen really quickly or not, <laughs> depending on how much resistance you have to what you think is available for you. Because we come up with all sorts of reasons why we think we can't get what we want. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I never was good at that. I can't do that. My parents said this. My school didn't teach me that. I came from this environment. My culture was this. My religion says I can't. God, you know, only people in the church can talk to God. There's just so many conditioned thoughts that we are, um, you know, that bombarded with on a daily yes. basis that tell us why we can't do what we think we want or or extraordinary things like psychic ability. But I believe, I read in the Seth books years ago, and the Seth books were channeled through a woman called Jane Roberts in the 60s uh, and she, who's passed and they were like some of the first sort of secular channeled books that came out in America, that everyone is communicating telepathically. We couldn't drive on our roads if that was not true. We're all on this subconscious level speaking to each other through our energy and our vibration. We're all talking to, we're all silently talking to each other and you notice things like that when you walk into a room and you can feel the energy in the room or someone's talking to you and smiling at you and you feel her sadness. And this was something that happened to me as a child. I could feel people's vibration, but what they were telling me and what they were um, uh, appearing to be was different to what I was feeling. And when I would call people at it, like, you don't really feel that happy, you're really quite sad, people in their pride or, you know, keeping up appearances would say, no, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong. And lots of people used to tell me I was wrong. So I started to really doubt 
my intuition because people didn't want to admit stuff. Do you know what I mean? People didn't want to be authentic. They wanted to put That's a right. mask on it. That's right. And um, so I kept thinking as a young girl that I was really stupid and I was really wrong. And that took me years to overcome because I just – people kept telling me I was wrong. I would know things and I would say things and I'd blurt them out and people would be embarrassed sure they would. and, like, shut me down. Yeah, and so it was a long journey for me, but I don't think that today it needs to be as long. I think that for those of us who've been through the hard yards and um, and come to where I am now understanding what, what's available for not just me but for humanity, I want to make this right easier for people. It doesn't need to be as tough as it was for me. Oh, so, I love it, uh, though. I really do. Yeah. If, if you can... If we can help people, and uh, you know, some people go through some really hor- horrific things, but then their stories yeah. help so many others. And I always have this image that the souls in the afterlife or before life, you know, they're say we're floating around on these clouds and we can just talk to anybody by nature of our thoughts and we can create yeah. a waterfall or rainbow, oh, just boom, it happens. So then we come to the earth. And we forget who we really are. And then all these things happen, you know, when we're kids and we think, oh, we're not good enough, we're not smart enough and all that. And that kind of stuff feels like reality, which it's not. So I love when you say it's who we are. Like, let's remember we are actually those souls that came here. We have all that power. Relax. Be at peace. It's easy. It's who we are. I love that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And think about a baby who comes in. I, I, um, I had a client who came to me a couple of years ago. She brought her nine-year-old son, and he didn't speak verbally. But Sandra, he was one of the most amazing children I have ever, 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 ever met. He's just like this star being that's here to teach people about their telepathic abilities. His mother had been taking him to speech specialists for seven years since he was two and he didn't start speaking. Seven years she'd been torturing this poor child trying to get him to speak. She sat in my living room and I said, he's not here to speak. He's here to teach people about our telepathic communication and she said yeah you know when he's in the playground kids come up to him and hug him and just hold on to him and don't want to let him go because children understand this communication and I said to her imagine when he was a baby before he was supposed to speak how did you communicate with him you knew when he was upset you knew when his nappy was wet you knew when he was hungry you you recognized his cry from an internal knowing that oh, I know what my child wants. Like you were already communicating, excuse me, telepathically with your child. And then once he reached an age where he was supposed to speak, now you demand him to slow down his communication with you to speak as we do as humans. And as you said, when we're in spirit, this is the way we communicate. We communicate through our energy system. We communicate telepathically. We have this instant knowing sometimes, which you could unpack and it could take an hour for you to explain, but yet you get it in an instant. You've got this instant knowing that someone tells you a story and you instantly receive it. Speech is such a slow way of communicating and Spirits don't communicate like that and nor do we when we come in as babies and then we learn to slow down our brainwaves and learn to speak. So it is who we already are and then we go through schooling systems and 
and then we decide, you know, somebody dies and we decide we want to communicate to them in spirit. And then we have to unlearn all the conditioning that we've learned to learn to receive that energy and information and to feel it in our being and to receive it from our from our energy source. Yeah, so it is who we are. Do you it think, is as natural as breathing. Sorry to interrupt. Do you think, yeah, no, do you think the it's easy also goes for my loved one is now in the spirit world. I'd love to communicate with them. Could we be in that relax, be at peace, it's easy, ask for signs from them, ask for communication? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You're talking about your dad? I'm talking to anybody because so many people listening to the show are looking for tools to know that their loved ones are with them. But if we stand in, I already know how to do this, relax, this is who I am as a soul, Mm -hmm. having a human experience. Um, it's easy, but I'm just thinking if we look from that lens, could we potentially have those signs we were looking for or those thoughts in our head that we know that it's our loved one? Absolutely. And you know what, Sandra, we do. And what we do is we have this, again, conditioned idea that in, um, in order to speak to spirit, you have to be different, you have to be special, you have to be gifted, right? And so when we do receive signs, what's really crazy about all this stuff is that when you do learn how to do it, because you're, you, you know, you're in the midst of expanding your ability, what we find is it's, it, it, it seems so normal. It seems so normal. It doesn't seem like there's anything. You're not actually doing anything different. I remember when I was learning uh, in my 30s, I went and did Sata healing. It was the first time it's a healing modality and uh, that Viana Stiebel had been out to Australia to teach it. It was the beginning of her career and now there are thousands of healers across the world teaching it. And we were learning to tap into our psychic abilities. We were doing um, you know, looking inside the body and looking inside people's systems and pointing out, you know, where there's dysfunction or disease or any sort of disorder in the body. And we were speaking to spirit guides and speaking to love. You know, I was in bliss. I, a bit like you when you're over at your Arthur Finlay College. I was just in heaven learning all this stuff. But what was really interesting was I kept saying I couldn't do it, I couldn't do it, I couldn't do it. Because I was thinking it was supposed to be something different to what I was already doing. And then when I did do it, I just looked at this girl and I said, but I already do that all the time. And she's like, yeah, that's the thing. We're doing it all the time. Just like I said, Seth says, we are all communicating telepathically. We couldn't drive on our roads if we didn't. I think that what we're doing when we're looking for signs from our loved ones, unless we're looking for lights flicking off and on or, you know, things magically showing up like cards or bits of jewelry or things that they can do, doors opening and shutting or whatever, we're we're having memory of them. We're having a conversation in our head with them. We're feeling uh, joy thinking of them. Um, We're, we're, you know, it's just as normal as thinking. And we're just thinking, it's just my imagination. It's just me thinking. We're not actually realizing that in those moments of talking to them in our heads, we're talking to them in reality, in the reality of them receiving us and then we have to be open to actually receive the conversation back. So what we do when we speak to our loved ones in spirit is we'll speak to them but we won't listen to what they have to say because there's not someone physically standing in front of us. But when we're having a conversation, I'll speak, you'll listen, you speak, I'll listen. So we need to do the same thing 
with our guides or our relatives, listen for them to return. You know, if you ask them a question, listen for the answer. Like, listen, listen with how you feel. Listen with your ears, listen with your mind, listen with your eyes. You might see flashes of light, you might, something might catch you in the corner of your eye. And just know that it's them communicating to you instead of writing it off as, oh, it was just a butterfly or a flyer or this or that. You know, our logical mind gets a hold of this stuff and just negates it. And once you start to understand that you are communicating with them, then that thought expands and then you get more communication and it just you just open that portal. You open that portal of ignorance, if you like, that we've been conditioned out of being psychic or connected because we're all connected and you know what's so fascinating and you would have heard this with people that you've spoken to on your show when you die like have an Indian death experience you realize from that perspective that we are all connected and we are all intertwined energetically be it physical excuse me or non-physical heaven and earth exist in the same realm it's just a different frequency but it's right here right now right next like we could have a loved one sitting on the couch right next to us in spirit like right next to us right and in order to feel them all you have to do is shift your vibrational frequency because they're vibing at a different frequency Mm. oh you know this so much is coming back to me um a few months back i did a little test session trying mediumship and the instruction yep. was to feel love for my partner, like really generate yeah. love. And I, I don't dabble in the world of mediumship too much, but I didn't for this exercise. And I could, you know, she was just somebody, a stranger across from me, but mm-hmm. I could look at her and see here she's a beautiful child of someone's and she's working so hard in her life. And I just really allowed myself to feel love. And then all of a sudden I was flooded with images of a grandmother, of names, of all kinds of things that were all correct. So I gave her an almost spot on medium reading and I thought, love, I raised my vibration to love and there it it was. So I think that we don't do that enough. And maybe, and then here's something else that, you know, I haven't mentioned this on the show in a long time, but my first website that I ever created was called wedontdie.com and it's still there, but there's a tab that you can click on on that main page that's called Reconnections. And I recorded this, it's about 20 minute visual imagery thing. So like you relax and it's beautiful music and stuff. But it engages those feelings and you can actually go to a place and you have your, invite your loved one to come in that is in the spirit world and reconnect with them. And just like you say, allow them to speak. Yeah. And although it may seem like our imagination the first time around, <laughs> when we allow for that love to be there and that space that they can fill with whatever they want. It's like, I really do believe my dad or my grandmother or even my cat jumps into my lap in that space. Like that's the real deal. And yeah, that's the real deal. It's easy. So mm-hmm. for my listeners and your listeners, because I know you shared this as well on my old website, we don't die.com. 
no radio, just wedontdie.com, and scroll down, there's a tab that says Reconnections, and that's that audio, and it's free, but it's just something to listen to, just to dabble in this. That's beautiful. Coming from, it's easy, it's real, relax, be in peace. It's who I am. It's so interesting. I I took my little mob, I've got a little tribe, uh, I've got a little webinar series called the Inner Sanctum webinar series where a few of us get online and we talk about all this stuff and... And I invite a guest teacher in once a month to, for them to come meet someone I've had on the show. And we did a guided meditation the other day. And, and that's it. And it was so interesting. We were talking about what we saw in our guided meditation. And someone said, you know, I wanted to see this, but the image I was given was different. So that's actually our spirit guides talking to us inside this guided meditation. You know, when you I was taking them on a journey, you're going on a journey and up ahead you see a house. And you want to sort of maybe say, oh, okay, I'm seeing a house. I want to see a house like this. And then what you see is actually something different. So it's like your free will is overridden by something that you're given. Do you know what I mean? It's really interesting. Yes. We are being communicated with all the time. I remember Brandon Bays came out to Australia. I met her in 1995 when I went and did an Anthony Robbins course. And she had been through her dark night of the soul. Brandon Bays is... um, uh, an amazing healer she started a, a modality called uh, the journey and she takes people on guided meditations and uh, she was just at the beginning of her journey with the journey and she came out to Australia and she was doing some courses here and I, I was helping her out and we did a thing called talking to your loved ones by the fireside so it was just a guided meditation and I brought my mother in who had died when I was 16 And I'm having a conversation with her in my so-called imagination saying, why were you so grumpy with me? You know, you never really were. You you loved the boys so much more than me. I'm kind of asking her questions that I couldn't ask her because she was dead, right? And I I wanted to know. I was young. And she said, I'm so sorry, Karen. I was so jealous of you. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. When you were born, Dad took such a shine to you, her husband, my dad, and and I was jealous of that. It's a silly human thing, but there you are. You were a girl, and I wanted him to love me as much as he loved the baby, and I was jealous and yada, yada. And she was telling me all this stuff about herself, which I was quite shocked at. So, um, And then she asked for my forgiveness, and, of course, I said, I forgive you, and we kind of had it out in this guided meditation Uh, You know, we had the conversation we should have had while she was on earth, but we had it while she was in spirit. And so I went to my father after that and I said, you know, I didn't tell him what I'd been doing because he would have said I was crazy. But I said, "Um, you know, when I was young, was mum, would you say mum was jealous of me? And he said, oh, yes. And I said, really? Because I don't actually remember that. And he goes, oh, my God, it was so bad that we had a bit of a family powwow about it. And I said, really? He said, yeah, my mother and her mother and myself got together and had a meeting to talk about what we were going to do about it. And I said, well, how do you mean? He said, oh, she wouldn't pick you up when you're a baby. And I said, are you serious? Oh, my (laughs) goodness. Yeah, right? And I'm like, wow. So it was all confirmed. Like this conversation I had in this so-called guided meditation was just confirmed that I was actually having a conversation with my mother in spirit. And that, you know, because it was confirmed by my father later. And um, funny, his mother's name was Mabel and her mother's name was Mabel. So Mabel and Mabel and dad got together and said, what are we going to do about Karen and Becky? You know, they called mum Becky. 
um, you know, she doesn't treat her well. And, um, yeah, so isn't that interesting? Isn't that fascinating? It is. And if anybody can hear this behind me, I have a neighbor who's lighting off some fireworks. So I keep pressing the mute button. But if you hear some loud bangs coming, (laughs) it must be just a couple of kids doing something. But every so often there's this loud boom. I'm like, ah, press the mute button. Anyways, (laughs) that is fantastic. And how healing is it? It doesn't matter if they are in the land of a living or, you know, there's some things we can never say to someone when they're alive and we have to be able to trust that they are getting the message and they're communicating with us. But how healing has that been for you to forgive your mom? Oh, immensely. Funnily enough, I didn't think I needed to forgive her because I actually didn't remember that, but I always knew that she treated the boys better than me. I I didn't feel like, oh, poor me. I just wondered, you know, like, why did you kind of like, why did the sun shine out of there? you know, backside and not mine. And, um, but, you know, when we see life through our broader perspective, we realize uh, that, you know, that was all set up, you know, we have to go through those dark nights of the soul, because as healers, when we come in like you, and me as people who contribute to others, we really need to understand what human suffering is, in order to help others overcome theirs. You know, we can't yes. give it lip service. We have to come from an authentic place of really understanding how it feels to feel so um, bad about yourself. You know, if you're trying to help someone overcome their stressful thoughts about themselves, you need to be able to relate. So we do choose these things. We come in, you know, with a bit of a life plan. And so I soon came to the realization that the relationship with my mother and even her death at my early age was all part of my soul's plan choosing to over um to experience this in this earthly dimension so that i could then go on to be the person that i am today who helps others and um and then obviously when you're feeling bad about yourself remember it's that step one process so she gave me a lot of step one processes she was a brilliant teacher and that she gave me these step one processes where I would cry out to the universe and say, why? How do I feel better about myself? And and what happens when we die? And I had a lot of step one processes, a lot of questions. And, yes. um, and life came to answer those questions when I chilled out and relaxed. <laughs> oh, well, I'd like to chill out and relax and have you talk about something else. In a nice way, I'm because I'm holding in my book the most beautiful new book that you and Cyrus Kirkpatrick created called Awakened by Death, Trans- Stories of Transformation, and it's the first of the Awakening Soul series. Can you talk about how this came about and what the book's about? Because for the listener who's listening to this right now, it's like taking a dozen phenomenal stories from We Don't Die Radio and putting them into a book, plus a whole lot more to help you live your life. So it's, if you yeah, if you like listening to the show, the stories like that. It, it is a beautiful book. Gorgeous. It's interesting because I'm, I'm not a great reader. I was a pretty dyslexic kid. And mm-hmm. so a couple of people had mentioned a couple of years ago, you know, to turn one, one amazing woman I had on the show, she was a transgender. She had been 
asked by Ted actually to turn their Ted series into a book series. And she said, why don't you do that with your show? I thought, good idea, but I'm never going to do it. And then another friend came to me and said, you know, I've got this great idea to do a chicken soup for the soul series, but not like that, but kind of like that, but not like that. but kind And like, you've got the connections and we could put all these great stories in a book. And I said, okay, there's another message. You know, the universe uh-huh. does tend to <laughs> keep knocking at our door. And um, I thought, okay, well, she helps people write books, so she's got all those skills that I don't have. I've got the connections. Let's do this together. So she pulled out because of some personal issues she was going through and said she didn't have time to do it. And I shelved the idea and thought, oh, it's a really good idea, but I can't do this by myself because I'm a rotten speller and, um, you know, I don't have really have those literary skills. And uh, Cyrus and I had been connected online I don't know how I don't know how it happened but it happened and I was watching him and he's got the afterlife topics you know group uh, on uh, Facebook and he also edits books as a profession so he has this beautiful understanding of the afterlife and his experiences as well as his amazing group on Facebook and his book um, uh, why do I always forget what his book's called I'm going to go and have a look um uh, about the afterlife let me have a look uh, anyway I'll find it in a minute and so I asked him if he would help me with the series and he said yeah he'd love to so that's how we teamed up and he's got his chapter in the book because he's a deliberate um, you know astral traveler he can deliberately go out of body and um, astral travel and he has this whole second life which is really interesting Sandra because I think that as multi-dimensional beings we all have multiple lives that we're living simultaneously you know you would have heard that from your NDE people on your show I'm sorry I had porridge before I shouldn't have eaten porridge before we started. <laughs> it's all right <laughs> hey I found Cyrus's book I've interviewed him too he's a speaker at the afterlife symposium in September it's called understanding life after death I know it's such a simple and an I, explanation really of what awaits life. you me and everyone exactly. we've known <laughs> exactly understanding life after death it's such a simple title but I've got this block because I keep that saying to myself I forget this I forget it, and so that's what I keep recreating because I've got the thought I forget the title because I got it wrong <laughs> once, and then I, you know, that's what we do. It was hard being so, put on the spot too, and you know, we are in our fifties. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Another, another, another limiting belief. Anyway, okay. so he had anything. all those beautiful skills that I don't have. Yes, and it was also so great to talk to him about the chapters. You know, what do you think, and and should we put that in? And it was just so great to collaborate with him he's just a superstar he's so beautiful he's only like what is he he said I think he's 31 he's, he's so, so young. young he's so beautiful and I he's know he's done so much and he will continue to I know a isn't he a superstar he's a rock star I love Cyrus and uh, so we put this book together I had the connections and then he did the editing and helped me structure it and he helped me put it up on Amazon you know he's got all those fabulous things and gifts that I don't have or or expertise and um and, yeah, so we got this book out oh, a couple of months ago now and uh, it is an amazing book. It's funny when you're really close to something, you really can't see it, you know, when you're working on it all the time. But the way that all the stories have come together because each story 
gives you a different aspect and a different view of dealing with death and what happens when you die. You know, I love that your chapter is about your fear taking you, as you say, your listeners know your story, but your fear takes you on this journey and then your experience with your dad and then you cut your show and then you have all this expertise and all this amazing connections. And so you talk about all that in your chapter and then you do your fabulous you know, resources with all the people that you've met, which is great. We actually put that in the back of the book because um, as, as like a resource in the back of the book because we don't have an index in the back of the book, so we put your resources in the back of the book there. Karen, yeah. I have to tell you that I have the book and I was reading from the front forward and my listeners, you may or may not have heard, but I do have a chapter in this book, which is great. But then I just, before you and I, got on the phone now to do the interview I just happened to look at the back just to see what you had and I thought oh, it's my word it's bonus it's material you. Sandra Champlain's yeah. 19 reasons to believe in the afterlife there you go so yeah. everything from induced after-death communication to heaven talks to children and EVPs and I mean I am so thrilled that you put that in there not as an ego thing but I mean that's from talking hundreds of hours these conversations i mean these are the categories that like i know life after death is real and for anybody else who reads a book backwards haha they're gonna find that first (laughs) (laughs) well i loved your story it was so personal and then i we sort of we separated the resources because the resources sounded sort of like resources it sort of sounded like it needed to be separate from your chapter anyway so that was a decision that cyrus and i made and and it's just great to have someone to collaborate with all yeah. these things it's so wonderful and um so we've got people like cyrus who has second earth you have to read the book he has this whole memory of his life in a in a second earth which is an a- astral replica of earth um and we talked about you know, we, we, I've had him on the show. We've talked about, you talked about time. You know, you have a desire and then sometimes you have a lifetime you don't fulfill your desire. Here in this dense physical earth, we have this buffer of time, which means that a thought ha- takes time to manifest. Uh, depending on the, your vibrational frequency, the higher vibe, the quicker the manifestation of a thought. But on second earth, it's a t- it's there's a different frequency there it's like astral earth is like a dense earth you can still he says Cyrus says you can still eat and taste things you can still sort of you know touch something and knock on it and it feels hard so it has somewhat of a dense physical vibration but it's slightly more uh subtle it's it's less dense and so time is different over there so a thought manifests quicker in second earth than it does in physical earth and so I was asking him about pain in Deccan Earth. If you're, uh, he said that he went to a bar over there where he saw people punching each other because they really enjoyed it. They would have these punch out fights so they can still feel the blow of a fight. And I said, so you can still feel the blow of a punch. Do you still feel the pain as much as you do on, on physical Earth? And he said, well, you do, but he says it's different because you can actually shift that faster than you can here. So you could feel the pain and in an instant say, I don't want to feel the pain anymore and it goes away. And um, I was saying, well, you can actually do that here too. And he goes, yeah, you can, but most people don't realize that that's how powerful their thoughts are. So I've dropped things on my toes and stubbed myself and then just relaxed and breathed and raised my vibration and the pain's instantly disappeared. I've even done that with healing. My daughter's 
she gashed her foot open when she was a little girl and I just threw her on the top of the toilet seat and put my hands on her um, foot just to try and stop the bleeding with um, just with my energy with my hands and what happened was that I couldn't feel the blood running under my hands, so we took my hands away, and the and the the cut had instantly sealed, instantly in a nanosecond. Wow. I know, and and we can actually do all that here in this physical dimension, but we do have this buffer of time, and we are marinating in a denser vibration, meaning that the common thought forms of the mainstream society are more dense, they're more negative, they're more fear based. But as we raise our vibe, we become more loving, we become more joyful, we become more at ease, at peace. We can actually manifest things really quickly, including healing. And uh, so it's fascinating talking to Cyrus about his um, memory of having this second life on second earth and what he does over there. So he's written his chapter in the book and we've got Dave Byron, whose daughter was blown up in the Bali bombings. He um, he's not talking. He's not having our conversation like talking about life after death. He's talking about life here on here on Earth. Mm -hmm. So he went through the worst thing that could ever happen, and he told me blow by blow what happened while he was over there and what he saw when he was looking through the bomb site for his daughter. And it is pretty horrific. And Cyrus and I were kind of, do we put all this gory detail in here? And we decided we would because. Dave is one of the most delightful, joyful, funny, beautiful men you'll ever meet, and he's lived hell on earth. And we wanted to illustrate that you can live hell on earth and still love your life. And he is just such a brilliant example of someone who reached the depths of despair and made a conscious choice. He didn't want to feel like that anymore, and he changed how he thought. And so he says he wakes up every morning and he has the choice of thinking about what he saw during the Bali bombings and the last photograph of his beloved daughter who was blown up. He, he saw the photograph of her remains, which was pretty shocking. Or he can choose a, a memory of her riding a wave on Bondi Beach and he makes a deliberate choice to think a better thought. And his life is a lot better because of it. And amazing. Yeah. And he illustrates that choice that we are given. We are given that choice in every moment. Do I, do I feel bad or do I feel good? We have that power. I think Joseph Campbell said it's the spiritual power that, that animals don't have to deliberately choose our thinking. It's the power of God on earth is that choice we make. Do we choose this or do we choose that? Do I choose to feel bad or do I choose to feel good? And that, and when we deliberately make that choice to choose to feel a better thought, then we become powerful, deliberate creators. Well, what I like about that is sometimes you need to hear a story of someone else who's done something extraordinary and realize, wow, if they did that, I could do that too. Or too. it's a possibility, mm. whereas... Most of us, and even how we're trained in school, uh, and I'm no expert at this, but to deliberately create our thoughts. I mean, our thoughts, I can't even imagine how many thoughts a human being has in one single day, but they're all over yeah. the map and it's like they're on autopilot. Yeah, and so exactly. To hear a story like Dave's and that you actually, to realize, and this to me sounds like a muscle we have to build, something we have to practice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but that we can do it. We can consciously create, deliberately create our thoughts. How powerful. Exactly. 
that is. And what's really interesting about this is when we do choose a thought, it might seem contraintuitive at the time you choose it. If you're used to feeling bad and your thoughts tumble out of you, oh, I can't do it, oh, it's not good enough, oh, it's life so hard, oh, I'm so tired, oh, you know. It, but thoughts build and they create momentum. And thought and like attracts like, both with your energy, your thoughts are energy. Like energy attracts like energy. So negative thoughts attract more negative thoughts. And you find you get on this momentum, this spiral downwards. But the same happens for a spiral upwards. But when you have a well-worn path of thinking in a certain way, it becomes a default setting. It's like the program in your hard drive. It just goes naturally. Like when we connected today, you know, my Wi-Fi kind of defaultly connected to the next door neighbor's Wi-Fi. Yes. <laughs> and then I have to go in there and deliberately put it on my Wi-Fi. It's a bit like our thoughts, right? We have this default setting. But every time we choose to deliberately choose another thought or a different way of thinking or a different perspective and we start to practice that way of thinking, then momentum builds and that becomes our new default setting. And so for Dave, for instance, in Dave's case, he doesn't have to work so hard at choosing to be happy anymore. It's his default setting. So when he's, he calls it God's pillow, oh, bless Dave, I love him. He said, I said, what's God's pillow, Dave? He said, well, you know, love, he's got this real Aussie accent. You know, when you're in traffic and someone cuts you off, instead of going, ah, you bloody bastard, get out of my way, he said, I just give it three seconds for God's pillow. And I go, yeah, explain that. And he said, well, that person might be rushing to hospital to see their dying mother or, you know, that something terrible's happened to them. I start to think what could be happening instead of them just cutting me off in traffic. Oh, and after goodness. those three seconds, God's pillow, he said, I'm not angry anymore. And so I just let them cut me off and just smile and wave at them and say, have a nice day. You know, <laughs> I mean, and so that's his default setting now. So it's pretty hard to piss Dave off. <laughs> I love it. He's just. Yeah. And then right. that's possible. Mm, oh, that's how about possible. some of the other stories in the book? And if you wouldn't mind, maybe some of the ones that deal with the afterlife. Oh, well, we've got Nancy Rhines, who was hit by a truck. Have you had her? You've had her on your show. I have a long uh, time ago, though. So Krista many people Gorman, heard that. Krista Gorman, who was... Um, who, oh, I'm going to talk about Ainsley. Oh, no, this is someone you should have on your show. I'm going to introduce you to Ainsley. Okay. So have you had Krista Gorman on your show? She had an NDE while giving birth to her daughter in 2000. Wow. She was actually – oh, I'll introduce you to her too. So she was actually on a show with um, – oh, God, I can't think of the actor's name. He did a television show and he interviewed her about her uh, her NDE. So she left her body during giving birth and she had this amazing – um, experience of seeing all her thoughts as particles, like seeing everything in life as particles coming together. And um, so she talks about her NDE and she was given a whole lot of, a bit like Nancy, she was given a whole lot of um, ways in which we can live, like lessons to teach while she was uh, back on earth, you know, go back and teach people, teach people. And she has a partner, she just married him recently and his name is Ainsley Threadgold. And he is an English guy who was a policeman. And when he was 13, he had an NDE. He broke his arm or he had a, he was in a car accident or something. 
But the difference with Ainsley is he didn't remember it for 21 years. He he had no memory of it. Mm. And he met a person in spirit when he was in his, uh, you know, over there on the other side, this beautiful face. And when the memories came back, he remembered this face. And he kind of called her, he he thought of her like an angel. He had this memory of this beautiful angelic face and this angelic being that he met when he was on the other side. And as he, I think he had hypnosis Funny, I have to reread all the chapters again. You know, I talk to so many people, it's hard to remember all the details. But, um, and uh, all these memories came flooding back and he he looked out into the world to try and understand what was happening and he joined a group, an um, afterlife explorers group, and they were all chatting with each other online. And, uh, oh, there's another book, that's right, that came out called... Um, the transformative experiences of NDE and Kelly Walsh, it's the English girl, was putting it together with another English girl who researches life after death. Uh, I think you've probably had her on your show whose name escapes me at the moment. And they came online and they did little videos of themselves talking about their experiences to introduce each other. And he saw Krista talking about her experience and that was the face that he saw, the angel face. He was like this woman. And he's like, oh, my God. And so they connected and he's in England, she's in America, and they started talking online and they met and fell madly in love and they got married recently, which is really beautiful. And um, he's actually still living in London and she's still in the States because he hasn't got his green card yet. But he is a policeman and I chatted to him about how having – because, you know, after you've had an NDE, Many people talk about these incredible intuitive abilities that yes. just, you know, kick in, come online. They all come back online and or maybe they never leave you. You know, they just, they're there. You're more aware of them. And I said, wow, what was it like to be a policeman and be, be so sensitive? And he was just, he is someone because he's still a policeman who in that, in those traumatic times of murder and fights and domestic violence, he works on the rails. That's right. And people try to jump in front of the trains all the time and kill themselves he's there with this really peaceful energy really calm peaceful energy and he brings this energy into these traumatic situations and it just like he's just like an angel on earth this man he's just beautiful so anyway i I introduced you to him and you can have him on your show too because that's a beautiful story and you talk about memory (laughs) i have interviewed krista it was even before you the first time i just needed to look at her picture i'm like yes 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 yeah yeah she's beautiful and she's still working as a a physician's assistant in er Mm. and she brings that same energy to her because she's in um, emergency, you know, like where people are bleeding and dying and carrying on. And so she brings that same calmness and intuitive insight into that situation. And uh, interestingly enough, she says the people that are bleeding and dying and the people that come in are easier to handle than the people she's working with because the people that she's working with are more stressed out than the people that are coming in, you know, with the problems. And I thought, well, that's interesting. But it's amazing to hear about all these earth angels that are out there in community, you know, working and bringing that beautiful, calm, peaceful energy into these traumatic physical experiences that we go through here on this uh, in this yes. dense vibration called planet Earth. Yes. And then we've got Yvonne. I she don't was know a Yvonne. nurse okay. who died. I'll introduce you to her too. She's her NDE was quite extensive. I put her at the at the end of the book because it was really out there. She was in a coma for about three months. 
And uh, she was just whizzing around the universe, exploring universes and talking to God. And she said that if she wanted to, she could go into the um, inside an atom and be inside an atom and explore how an atom works. And then she could pull herself out and see herself out in the cosmos and see all the molten universes. Like she was just this spark of light that was just flying around the universe, having this wonderful time which is probably what we're all doing when we're not focused in this third-dimensional reality. Yes, yes. Who knows? Uh, but she said that when she left her body, she saw how people's thoughts were creating their afterlife experience, and this was fascinating. Your beliefs carry with you when you leave this dimension until you kind of shake them off. You can shake them off here or you can shake them off in spirit, but if you have very strong religious beliefs about heaven or hell you usually experience those when you die. And um, she said that what was interesting, when people created hell sort of experiences, they would stay there longer than people who created heaven-type experiences. And so I called her chapter Heaven is Empty because I just thought it was hilarious. And I said, <clears throat> well, tell me about that. And she said, well, you know, w when you're in hell, you think that everyone else is going to be in hell too because there's a lot of bad people in the world. But you think that when you go to heaven that that heaven is already populated, that there's all those people living there. So when you create a heaven of your imagination, when you leave your physical body and, and your mind creates this, this heaven experience, she says it's usually empty because um, it's not populated with spirits because it's your creation. You might see God sitting on a throne and you might see angels playing a harp and you might be sort of cascading around on clouds or streets of gold or whatever you think that heaven is going to look like, but it's empty. You know, there's no one there but you. <laughs> and Stacey said that people get pretty bored with that after a while and they soon sort of wake up and realise that they're, they're creating it and then they um, move into a different experience. And I thought that was really fascinating. That I is. said empty. I, so, I know I mean, too, I don't mean to interrupt, but there's people yeah. and maybe it's their belief system that's different that their loved ones are there when they open their eyes in the hereafter. or Well, you see, people that like you that listen to your show mm -hmm. or my show or, you know, are, you know, usually know that. But a lot of people don't know that, yes. Sandra. A lot of people don't know that there is life after death and that their loved ones are waiting for them. So they have some concept of heaven. And they don't know that their relatives are going to be there. They sort of think of it like the biblical heaven or oh, yes. maybe some, you know, heaven that you're told in, in Hinduism or whatever belief that you have. And so that's what they expect to experience and so that's what they experience. And then it's it's a bit like a dream. You have this sort of dream and then the illusion becomes the illusion and it sort of dissolves and then there are your loved ones like going, hi, we're over here. I love, I love it. I love how you say you, you shake them off. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> you, shake, you shake off these illusions. These illusions. And, uh, you know, Howard Storm, you've had him on the show, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, years ago. Yep. Uh, he, you know, he had a hellish experience. And so there are a lot of Christians out there saying, see, there is a hell, there is a hell. Right. But I really believe that that was created for his 
you know, he is a teacher to his core, like he's a reverend, right? His, his life purpose, his sole plan was to teach people about love and compassion and reconciliation, really the Christ consciousness. And so his spirit guides created this hellish experience for him to experience so that he could, again, have that, just like I spoke about before, have that knowing of what it's like to believe your stressful thoughts and create these hideous things so that he could come and address that because where he was in his life at the time was he was an artist and he was really proud of his work he was sort of not really on his life plan he was he was going down a different life plan and I think that his NDE really woke him up you know it really shook him out of his um ego pursuits and put him back on what he was supposed to put him on the path that he had chosen from his soul's perspective and he does it so well he's such a beautiful loving man and he and he really not non-judgmental and because he is a reverend when I had him on the show I've had him on a couple of times I get a lot of insults by the Christians saying that I'm some new age witch or whatever you know um, deluded by the devil or whatever and he's so compassionate to these people who are so judgmental. You know, um, they seem to think that there's some difference between church and new age, that, you know, it, there's all this separation, that the Hindus can't love the Christians, can't love the Buddhists, can't love the new age people. But we're all one. And, you know, we're all one. We're all, we all come from the same source. It's a source of love. And then we come down into this environment and we choose all these different beliefs to play with. And... Uh, and, and how it really lives that. We're all on our own journeys. Who I am today is not the Sandra who I was 30 years ago with those thoughts and beliefs yeah. and none of this was possible. Exactly. Uh, my, my listeners and you would laugh if you had met me years ago because if you had to t- tell me that the 52-year-old Sandra is going to be talking about life after death, I'd be like, you've got to be kidding. I don't believe in that. <laughs> oh my, I'm not going to be one of those people. Very opinionated. Oh. Well, <laughs> well, that's what I loved about Nancy too. Nancy's yes. one of the chapters. Hit she by a she's, truck, I it. was an atheist. She was an atheist and she was one of those atheists who would listen to this conversation that we're having now and she would scoff and laugh and say, oh, my God, these people are so deluded. Who do they think they are? Yeah. It's not based in science. You know, I have a scientific mind. And so she dies, hits by a truck. She's riding her bike one day, gets hit by a truck. She goes up to heaven or to a heavenly realm and meets an, uh, a being who she calls Mary and everyone was like, is it Mother Mary? Is it Mother Mary? She says, I don't know. It doesn't look like Mother Mary to me. She just gave me her name as Mary, an angel or a guide. And this guide gives her her marching orders and says, right, now you're going to go back to earth and you're going to teach people about heaven. And I find that hilarious because, you know, she had to come back with a completely new set of beliefs. It's just happened overnight. Right. For me, it was this unfolding. For her, it was like, you know, literally hit by a truck. <laughs> she was hit by a truck. And uh, she does it so beautifully. She does it with such dignity and grace and humor. She's so grounded and down to earth. And she's a beautiful teacher. She's just wonderful. And and like you, she really does it with humility in that she can talk about the atheist, right? you know, Nancy, and sort of and love that part of her and laugh at her and then um and and feel compassion for people that are like that you know not not scoff at the atheists because we're not here to judge anybody no. you know the atheists judge us for being crazy silly new age hippies whatever 
but we're not here to judge them as being closed-minded or, you know, we're here to feel compassion for them because I used to be you. I know how that feels. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So how can people get the book Awakened by Death? It's up on Amazon. So go to Amazon. We've got it on Kindle and paperback and buy it on Amazon. And uh, the proceeds are going to uh, the Jessie Lewis Choose Love Foundation. She's one of the authors. Yes, Scarlett Lewis. Yes. You've had her on the show? I have. Yeah. I I love what she's doing. So she's putting a program in schools which is called um, the Enrichment Program, which goes into the part of schools that teach social and emotional well-being. A lot of schools kind of write that off as not important in their curriculum, and she's making it important in the curriculum, making this um, incredible program based in neuroscience and mindfulness that is very secular, very digestible to the school curriculum, teaching children how to overcome their stressful and angry thoughts, teaching them to be brave and courageous, to choose love over fear. So, you know, based on the um, nurturing, healing love that Jesse, her six-year-old, left on the blackboard that day he was killed briefly describe who Scarlett Lewis is because some of my listeners might not have heard that episode. She was a mother whose six-year-old was shot in the Sandy Hook shootings and during an episode of grief when she was uh, um, contemplating that her greatest fear had been realized, she had this moment of grace, I call it grace, where she was thinking I'm living my biggest fear and as she had this thought she realized that she had no more fear left because if she's living her greatest fear then there's nothing else to fear right and she had what she calls an in-body life review where in this moment of realizing that she had nothing else to fear she had this expanded awareness and she looked back on her life and saw how she had lived her life and that many of her thoughts or the majority of her thoughts were based in fear all of us are like that. We're marinating in fear in yes. this dimension. Am I going to be, you know, is this all right? Is this good enough? Am I going to be late? I've got to get up. I've got to do that. You know, most of our thoughts, I can't eat that. It's too fattening. Oh, my God, I'm too fat. I'm too old. I'm too thin. I'm, you know, like most of our thoughts are fear-based. And she was like, wow, wow, my life has been based in fear. She had no realization to that point. And she was at Jesse's funeral. And she was living inside this, this, this sort of feeling of grace, this emptiness, this, this freedom, this freedom from fear. And she had a thought about the shooter who was an ex-student of the school. And she thought about him, you know, living inside that fear and having an angry thought and no one teaching him how to overcome an angry thought and how that momentum built and that angry thought became bigger and bigger and bigger until he acted on his thoughts and took a rifle and went back to his old school and shot as many people as he could, including himself. And she thought to herself, if someone had taught this child how to overcome his stressful thoughts or his angry thoughts, that would never have happened. So she took it on herself to create this program and to put it in schools as a free program to help our children navigate their thoughts and their feelings. fantastic. Fantastic. And fantastic or what? Yeah. And, and so you can go uh, to jessielewisjuicelove.org yeah. and you can support the program there or uh, buy the book. 
<laughs> yeah, and thank you for giving the proceeds to that. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I've oh. got a few charities that I wanted to contribute to, but we've got to make money first. <laughs> I know, and and that's oh, part of it. Deliberate go. creation, Karen. Deliberate. Our time is almost up, so if oh, you wouldn't mind, okay. spend a few minutes letting people know how they can get in touch with you and what they'll find on your website as to who you are, what you offer, because you're just magnificent. This has been a, just a great conversation. I and hopefully you and our listener right now has really enjoyed it as much as I have because I'm very happy, very happy. Oh, darling, you're a rock star. You're just a rock star. I love you. Anyway, okay, so um, you know what I'd love to say to your listeners is maybe you've got a story out there you'd like to contribute to one of the books in the series because we're doing a series of books. The next one is about people's awakening journeys because I really feel there's so many people just having these extraordinary experiences and thinking they're going crazy. And so I feel like when we share our journeys and we can read about other people, we go, oh, my God, that happened to you. I'm not crazy. So um, we're doing a book about people's spiritual awakening in any way. The, the first one was themed on death. Uh, and then we're also anal encounters. I want people's angel stories. You know how they had, they saw an angel, they felt an angel, they had some sort of intervention by the angels. That They're everywhere, those stories. I've just got to find them. Uh, and then ET encounters, people's encounters with ET because there's just a whole um, mass of, you know, extra dimensional, extraterrestrial beings that are overseeing our planet, helping humanity, you know, with their fearful thoughts because they vibe at a different vibe. They don't have the fear-based thoughts that we do. And so they can do amazing things and they're really helping humanity rise. And there are so many people who have ET encounters these days. There's just so many star children, star seeds on this planet. So maybe if one of your listeners uh, would like to share those stories as well, you can go to the awakeningsoulseries.com and uh, submit your story for a review. Uh, and so what I do is I help people with their stressful thoughts one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, you know, I do sessions, deliberate creation sessions, and help you overcome your stressful thoughts and get you connected to your mob, your spirit guides, or your dead relatives, or, you know, help you raise your vibe so that you can do that. And we have a little tribe online called the Inner Sanctum where we come together and talk about all this stuff, you know, uh, with each other. And, and um, I invite guest teachers in to come and talk to my little tribe. And I put up highlights of that on the show. I'll put up an um, 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minute highlights of the Inner Sanctum when I have a guest teacher. I do the teaching once a month and we do, we do guided meditations and people just ask me a million questions and I answer to the best of my ability. And, um, and then when I have a guest teacher, I honour the guest teacher by showcasing some of what they've said in the inner sanctum. So, yeah, there's lots of things. So KarenSwain.com is my website, The Awakening Soul Series. You can find the book there. And, uh, and you have yeah. your show too with lots of videos. Accentuate the Positive, yeah, which yes, you'll find you on do. the website. But it's also on YouTube and iTunes and and I obviously, like you, Sandra, share other people's. And you're coming on my show. We're going to talk about you soon because I just can't <laughs> wait to hear what you've been up to with the Arthur Finlay College and what you've experienced. And because it's been three years three or so since years. I've had you on the show. Three years so and eight I days. Exactly. Oh, th since you were on my show, I have to look back on your show, but it was around the oh, same time. that too. So, so a yeah. lot has happened in your world, so I can't wait to hear all about that on my show in the coming weeks. Oh, and can yeah. people contact you if they're you just resonate and they might need a little help? 
um, yeah, sure. Just go to karenswain.com. You'll okay. see the contact. I think I've in the menu. I've got talk to me in the talk menu bar. To me. so, talk to me. <laughs> so, so talk to me. If you want to talk to me, talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. Talk. Thanks, yeah. Karen. Thank uh, you so much for being our guest today. Oh, do you have a closing thought or closing tool or just a bit of inspiration you want to share for each of us for our day today? Oh, a bit of inspiration. Go be love. The world needs you. The world needs your love. Yes. So the go world. Be go be love. love. Be love. Be yeah. love. And I really believe oh, your phone's ringing. Sorry, Time to go. Um, <laughs> but by being love, that really does raise a vibration and it can open us into that world of the miraculous or our divinity or the soul we were before we came here on earth in that exactly. vibration of love where all things are possible all things are possible in the vibration yeah. of love as they say love moves mountains because love is who we are that is where we come from so when you're vibing love when you're being love you just remind you remind people of who they are mm. you, you know when they're believing their stressful thoughts and you're just beaming love at them they go hang on i am actually not this thought i'm i am you i'm that love i am mm. that love so we're all reminding each other of who we are that's oh, what we're doing beautiful. here. Beautiful. Well, thank you thank for being you, our guest one. today, my dear. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And for our listener, thank you for spending the last oh, a little over an hour with Karen Swain and I. And just a few reminders. Earlier in the show, I had mentioned on my first website, was, which was simply we don't die dot com. You can click on something called reconnections and there's a 20 minute guided imagery to reconnect you with your loved ones, put you in that space of love and invite them in to be with you and talk with you. So that's free for you. Also on we don't die radio.com. That's our home base for all past episodes. And we are up to episode number 261. So that means 261 hours of talking about these things. Why we believe there's evidence of the afterlife through stories of near-death experiences and with mediums and with pastors and with scientists and, gosh, talking about so many different things. Um, and if you need a reminder uh, of these different things, you can read my book, which is called We Don't Die. There's um, more than a few sample chapters when you go to my website. And then also, like I said, I was so delighted to open the book Awakened by Death and scroll through the last few pages and I see Sandra's 19 Reasons to Believe in the Afterlife. It's like, yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you. And if you um, want to take a quick look at those before the book arrives in the mail, um, you can find that also on WeDon'tDieRadio.com. And uh, what we're doing these days, Karen, is we're talking about the Afterlife Symposium. Our friend Cyrus Kirkpatrick is going to be there. It's September 13th through 16th in Scottsdale, Arizona. Every year, this organization called AREI, Afterlife Research and Education Institute, brings many dozen. In fact, this year, I think so far, there's 33 different speakers in wow. science, maybe, medicine, metaphysics, all of that. Yeah, about Maybe I can yeah. come and speak there oh, today. Yeah, Ooh, that would be so year, great. Then maybe next year, I'd love to come. Well, yes. I can give you a hug. So great. <laughs> yes. So by then, you'll be really thin by then, right? <laughs> or I'll be invisible. Who knows? Uh, no, no, I won't be invisible. I'll still be this. No matter what, whether it's 
in this lifetime or after I depart this planet, I'm still going to be actively involved. <laughs> but for our listener, last year, the symposium sold out over a month before it started. Because uh, you can get it. I mean, you, you can't walk into the afterlife symposium and walk out the same person because you there's so much evidence that our loved ones are around and how we can connect with them and help through grief and help to live a powerful life. It's phenomenal. So afterlifesymposium.org. Wow org is the website and there's extra workshops you can do before and after it starts there's trips to sedona there's balloon rides there's hot air balloon rides many other things so it's a neat place and and i'll be speaking there too yeah be cool sounds like so much fun yes yeah in fact there will be half a dozen or more of the speakers that will be live streamed on the internet when it's actually happening so we'll have more information about that the closer it gets to september but i promise i have to tell you just between you and i and all your listeners that cyrus (laughs) was so delighted to meet you he said that he'd met some of you know he had he had known like me he had known you all online and he got to meet all these people in the flesh and he just said he just raved about he said sandra was the most genuine and loving and authentic one that he met of all the people that he was excited to meet he was just That's writing so about you. That's so sweet. Yeah, I remember when we met, George Nori was there. And George Nori yeah. runs one of the biggest radio shows in he the does. world, Coast to Coast AM. And mm-hmm. Cyrus had wanted to meet him. And, and I thought, and I had met him previously. And, uh, you know, I had a couple glasses of wine in me. I'm like, come on, let's go. I'm going to introduce you. And they had a great conversation. But sometimes, you know, we, we that fear is the first thing there. And, um, and sometimes it just takes a friend and he's been a friend to me and, and, uh, he's a good, good man. Cyrus is. So we share, yeah. we share. Oh, so let's conclude this episode. I don't want to. We could go on forever, but we won't. So a reminder to our listener to go to karenswain.com. And in closing, this is Sandra Champlain. And I'm always so happy to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I do believe with all my heart that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on Earth is important. So in the words of Karen, it's easy. Really think about things. Relax. Being at peace. You're already there. It's easy. And go be love. So I really want to thank you for listening. And we'll see you soon.